Hi, I'm Claudia Christian, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 372 of the weekly show that keeps you updated as far as what's coming your way, as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, Claudia Christian of Babylon 5 will be joining us here on On Screen and Beyond. She's going to be at Galacticon 4 in Seattle, Washington on July 31st through August 2nd. So you don't want to miss that. Be sure to check that out. A lot of great guests going to be there. And uh, it's just an event that's going to be so much fun. Be sure to check that out. Galacticon 4 in Seattle, Washington. Well, let's see here. Claudia is going to be coming up in a minute, but... We uh, got to remind you that our Little House on the Prairie Season 6 Deluxe Remastered Edition DVD release that's coming out along with Blu-ray, uh, we are giving away three copies of the DVD release of that Season 6 of Little House on the Prairie. And all you got to do is send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com before noon Eastern Time on Monday, July 13th. So if you want to enter that, it's simple as that. Just send us an email. We'll contact the three winners that we have when we have the drawing, and then we will contact you for your mailing address to send everything out to you. So that's all you got to do. Hope you'll go ahead and join that, and uh, we'll be doing that very shortly. So you got to get out there and do that. Well, what do you say? It's almost time for Claudia to step into the studio and talk to us, but it's time for Remake Madness right now on On Screen Beyond. Remake Madness, it looks like Paul Thomas Anderson, who gave us Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood, has been hired by Disney to write a script draft for Pinocchio. The live-action remake and Robert Downey Jr. will play Geppetto. That sounds like an interesting one. And a remake of Chips to the big screen. Of course, we've talked about that before. It's moving along. And the star, Michael Penna, says the movie will be a grittier, more serious feel to it than the TV show had. And the popular Hello Kitty is being remade from TV to the silver screen. And the 2019 is the target date that they're looking for the release in theaters. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... Upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. Well, it looks like Gary Marshall continues his holiday-themed movies. First, he gave us the star-studded Valentine's Day in 2010. Then in 2011, New Year's Eve. Now he is working on Mother's Day with Julia Roberts and Jennifer Aniston. Orlando Bloom, Michael Douglas, and John Malkovich will star in Unlocked. It's uh, about a CIA interrogator who is lured into a scheme that puts London at risk of a biological attack. And Kevin Smith will direct and play a role in Yoga Hoosers as two teenage yoga enthusiasts team up with a legendary manhunter to fight an ancient evil presence that threatens their party plans. Don't you hate it when they do that? Johnny Depp and Justin Long are also in the film. 
And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Sequel City, it looks like Samuel L. Jackson says he's up for making Unbreakable 2, as has Bruce Willis and M. Night Shyamalan. But there's no word that the studios even care about it. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. And Han Solo is getting his own Star Wars spinoff. The Lego Movies directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller will direct the movie. And it's about Solo's younger life and how he became a smuggler. And this may not be a movie sequel, but there is going to be more James Bond coming our way. James Bond, a Broadway musical, will be coming our way. And it's going to be called James Bond the Musical. And look for that late 2017 or early 2018. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, September 15th, Empire, the complete first season, will land in stores on Blu-ray and DVD. And also on September 15th, you can look for CSI, Cyber, the first season. And iZombie, the complete first season, hits stores on September 29th. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Movies on DVD, it looks like Hot Pursuit with Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Vergara will be hitting stores on August 11th for Blu-ray and DVD. And as far as projected DVD releases and Blu-ray releases, October is the projected release for Jurassic World, which is still in theaters. And also October is the projected release date for Ted 2, who is still in theaters. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, it looks like To Tell the Truth, the longtime classic game show, is coming back to ABC, and Betty White is one of the panelists. And USA Network has okayed Season 6 of Suits, and Ash... Versus Evil Dead will bring back Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams as he fights evil with his chainsaw hand in a TV series on Stars, And you can look for that later this year. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake if you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe. Celebrity birthdays. It looks like July 12th, Bill Cosby turns 78, and Cheryl Lyad, she's going to turn 64. On July 13th, Harrison Ford turns 73, and Patrick Stewart turns 75. On July 14th, it looks like Jane Lynch turns 55, and it is July 15th that Forrest Whitaker turns 54, and Jesse Ventura, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 64. And on July 16th, 
James Maslow turns 25, and Will Farrow turns 47. And July 17th, David Hasselhoff turns 63. Donald Sutherland, he turns 80. And on July 18th, Vin Diesel turns 48, and Kristen Bell turns 35. That's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, let me see here. Ashley T. from from Prince Edward Island. She turns on July 14th. 27. And on July 18th, Timothy O. of Orlando, Florida turns 56. If you, a friend, or a relative is having a birthday celebrated with everybody here listening to On Screen and Beyond, send me your birthday information. About, you know, at least a week or so ahead of time. Send it to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and we will all wish you a very happy birthday. So happy birthday to all those people who we just mentioned. And it's that time. It's time for our interview, and Claudia Christian is going to be joining us. Of course, she was on Babylon 5, and she will be at Galacticon 4 in Seattle, Washington on July 31st through August 2nd, so you get a chance to meet her. She's a great person. Check it out. She's next. Claudia Christian, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is an actress who has played many roles over the years, including the voice of Helga in Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and as commander, captain, and general on the hit sci-fi show Babylon 5. On July 31st through August 2nd, she will be in Seattle, Washington for Galacticon 4. It's Claudia Christian. Claudia, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm very excited about going to Seattle. Um, it's, it seems like it's going to be quite the adventure. They've got the Space Needle and my 50th birthday, so it's going to be uh, oh. a lot of um, firsts. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Now, uh, have you been to, to uh, Seattle before? I'm sure I have in the last 20 years. I probably just don't, I did so many, you know, appearances and conventions that, I'm sure I've wandered through there at some point, but usually we just see the inside of a Marriott, so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but this time I think will be different because I'm going to be um, amongst a lot of friends and longtime uh, fans, and it's more of a four- or five-day event for me. I'm going in early and leaving late. So. Oh, great. Yeah, so I get to see a bit of Seattle and, and enjoy the um, the party that Galacticon is so kind to uh, throw for me, and uh, I think it's going to be great. There's people coming in from all over the world, and um, I don't know. Should be fun. Yeah. Now, is this your first time to Galacticon? I yes, I I, I do believe that. Um, I I don't have a very uh, excellent memory for names. Mm-hmm. the same. I'm sure you do so many. <laughs> it's always got a con behind it. I know. Right. I know. I'm doing San Diego Comic Con in July, and I'm doing Galacticon and. Uh, you know, um, a lot of them have uh, similar sounding names, but no, I think this is my first Galacticon. Yeah. Now, do you enjoy meeting the fans like this? I mean, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people who attend these things. Yeah, you know, for me, my attitude is always, if you don't enjoy it, don't do it, because the fans can feel it, and it's not fair to them, it's not fair to everybody else, and, you know, if you are in a situation where you you don't like being around fans or you don't like signing things, then for gosh sake, stay home. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, yeah, I do. I'm a people person, so I really enjoy 
um, I enjoy the whole event. You know, I enjoy the, the, the panels and the talks and stuff. And when I get burnt out, I just don't do them for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I only do a couple a year now. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's less of a chance of, of burnout. But I would imagine if you did one every weekend for your entire life, then yes, it might be exhausting. But for me, it's fun. It's still fun. And I get to raise money for my favorite thing in the world, which is my nonprofit charity. And so that's, you know, my impetus is to show up, know that I'm helping C3 Foundation and know that I'm, you know, potentially helping to save lives. So it's, it's for me, it's more than just showing up and signing an autograph. It's about spreading the word mm-hmm. um, and really uh, connecting to people and helping them, possibly. Yeah. I know what you mean, because I've been to some these conventions and there are some people, I won't name anybody, but there's there's people that you go and it almost like you, you can tell they don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're very rude to the fans. And, yeah. You know, I, 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 that's why I threw ClaudiaCon years ago in England yes. because I was really offended that people would, you know, show up and then refuse to personalize a photo or refuse to take a, a photograph with somebody. and. I'm like, these people schlep all the way from all over the world to show up and meet their heroes or heroines, mm-hmm. and then you refuse to take a Polaroid with them or a, or refuse to put their name on a picture? It's ridiculous. You yeah. know, we should be accessible to the fans. We should, in fact, I think the fans should have a lot of access to, to the actors and actresses because that is what makes the moment special for them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you're just standing in a line waiting for someone to sign a piece of paper and not even look at you. And that's not... You know that doesn't make you feel good as a human being. I mean, unless you're just strictly an autograph collector, what what are you going to take away from that? You're right. not going to take away a moment where you had a chance to exchange some words, or you know, that's why I like the Q and A's too, because you can actually talk to mm-hmm. people and they can ask questions that maybe are relevant to them. Yeah, yeah, those are always the fun things I enjoy too. Seeing is when you know you get one or two or three or four people from the shows up there and. The, you get to find out more about the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ba- the background, the stuff that you know not everyone's going to know about, little stories and so forth. And you know, it's it's I think it's a time to also connect with somebody by asking them about things from their career that maybe not everybody knows about, or what how do they feel about doing a certain scene or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a bonding time. I think you know nowadays conventions are um, much more elaborate than I think they were when I first started. Um, you know, they, I've done conventions where there's 60 people and conventions where there's hundreds and thousands like San Diego Comic Con or Dragon Con that are just crazy. And mm-hmm. there's so much going on. There's so much uh, uh, so, so much sensorial you know, stimulation and costumes and this and that. that um, but I think for me, as, as, as the performer, I, I actually appreciate the, the small times with the fans, the ones where, you know, you actually have a little time to talk to them and, and to get to know people. Right. Um, that's what stands out in my mind, not the big, you know, explosions and <laughs> <laughs> grand parties and all that. Yeah. Well, Galactic Gone Forward looks like there's a, a great lineup of people who are going to be there. Uh, and I imagine you've worked with a lot of these people, I, I would presume. Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe uh, Bill Mooney's going to be there, which is wonderful. Because mm-hmm. um, he normally doesn't get on a plane for anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> he's probably going to drive. Um, and Jewel State, who I adore. Uh, there's going to be 
um, let's see, God, oh gosh, Kate Vernon, um, oh gosh, lots of people, Battlestar Galactica fans uh, and actors and actresses and, and um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember the guest list in my head right now, I've got a convention in British Columbia before that, so I don't want to confuse the two. Right, <laughs> but uh, so uh, as far as, as your acting when did you start your journey into acting? Was it uh, very young, or, or how did that come about for you? I started doing theater when I was about uh, five, and wow. I moved into television and film by the time I was... I got my first series when I was 18, but um, prior to that, I was I would already had moved up to Los Angeles at 15, but I had only done theater prior to that, so I didn't get into the union until I was of age, quote-unquote, which is 18. I looked older than, than I was at 18, so I had to sort of wait till I was officially an adult to get an actual job. Um, but I had worked in modeling and, and uh, theater acting prior to that and studied and, you know, basically knew what I wanted to do. Uh, I had the bug, but you know, for all sakes and purposes, I I really believed that I would be happier in television and film. <laughs> Even when I was 12 years old, I thought, you know, theater's great, but I really think I have a television career in front of me. So wow. it, it all worked out very well. Do you remember your first TV or movie role? Oh, yeah, I was on Dallas. That's how I got in the union. I, I, played, uh, I played a friend of uh, when Linda Gray was having the affair with Christopher Atkins, I played one of his college friends, and that was my very first job, and I had, uh, you know, a little role. I was a college girl that was kind of bitchy to Linda Gray's character, and that was it. That got me in the union, and next thing I knew, I got a series with um, my beloved Jeff Conaway, who I did Babylon 5 with, and that was called Barringers, and that was also on NBC, Lorimar. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's what started me, so... It was it, back in the back in the, those days. If somebody hired you from CBS, you kind of did a bunch of CBS shows, and you know, if you did N- NBC, you became an NBC gal. So it was it was much easier to be consistent, con- consistently employed in some way um, than it is now because there's so many different channels now. Back then, there were just three networks. Right. So. Yeah. 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 And it's funny you mentioned Bill Moving now. I had before I started the interview. I had been thinking about you know who I had had on the show that you had worked with, and and Bruce Boxleitner has been on the show, so um, I knew you know you had worked with him. Uh, but I forgot about Bill. But Bill was so he didn't look like Bill. <laughs> no, he was heavily made up. He was as Lanier. Uh, yes, he was a Mimbari and very heavily made up. He had a bone on, which we used to always joke about. Um, the prosthetics would take hours. Uh, so, yes, he did not look like um, the, the Bill that we know. He didn't um, look like Will Robinson. <laughs> no, not at all. He didn't have his little shock of red hair. He's a lovely man, and I adored working with him. And we subsequently made a couple of albums together as well. Uh, he's a wonderful you know, songwriter and yes. singer. And um, he put together a project called The B5, Trying to Forget, which was a CD that we all did of jazz and blues songs and show tunes and so forth. And that was Peter Jurassic and Andreas um, Katsoulis. And it, it was a lot of fun. That was a really fun project. So Bill has and always will have a tender place in my heart. He's a lovely guy. And you, you're an actress, staged movies, TV, 
but you've also done so many other things. Uh, and, and, and this is what I find interesting when I'm interviewing these people uh, that are, you know, on shows that we always know and love and, and everything. But, um, you know, I see now that you, are, you were a singer or you are a singer. Uh, you've also written books. Uh, you've written children's books. You've written, I mean, you do so much. <laughs> Well, I think you have to diversify. First of all, I don't pretend to be a good singer. I, I know that I've written written some nice songs, and I was very, very lucky to collaborate with very talented people, but I don't pretend in any way, shape, or form that I've got a great voice. I I feel like I, I, I know how to sell something, and that is, um, you know, I, I had a very passionate love affair with music through my whole childhood, but I'm a jack-of-all-trade, master of none. I mean, I don't play the piano perfectly. I don't play the guitar perfectly. I'm not a great singer. I can just do everything sort of average and put it together and hope for the best. But um, as far as all the rest of the careers that you've mentioned, it's because you you have to diversify, and you can't rely on acting jobs for the rest of your life. So for me, I made my documentary film to help people. I wrote my book because uh, somebody asked me to write it, thinking that it would help people. And my next book that's coming out, uh, Wolf's Empire, with my partner Morgan Grant Buchanan, um, that is a fiction book which I hope will entertain people that that have come and and supported me throughout the years. So it's sort of an homage to genre fans, and I think that they will enjoy it immensely. But all of these things come from the same place, which is, you know, the, the desire to entertain and the desire to to provide somebody with escapism, and that is what an entertainer does. I mean, you want someone to be able to forget about their day and watch you on something and be transported away to some place where they don't think. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they don't have to worry for a couple hours. And I hope that my books do that, and my music does that, my TV appearances, my films, or whatever. But that's, you know, in a very humble place, I say that's my role, is to is to, you know, just give people a little uh, escapism. Yeah. And you know, that's that's what we entertainers do. But yeah. I, yeah, I do I do think that in any any sort of career nowadays, you ha- you have to diversify. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out a way to make a living that still satisfies your your love of your craft, but also is realistic. And it's not realistic to expect that I'm you know you're going to get an audition every single day and you're going to be able to book a job every single day. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do for yeah. me? I started flipping houses and making documentary films and writing books. You know, <laughs> that's that's what you do. So you were flipping houses? Yeah, I, I actually, this is the first year of my past, uh, God, decade that I have not had a rental property because I, I got a little bit burnt out on being a landlord. So, um, But up until now, um, until very, very recently, I was, yeah, I I always had a rental property here and there. London, I lived for on and off for a decade, and I had a place there that I just sold. And um, I had two houses in Los Angeles. And yeah, because hmm. you know you see all these shows on TV, uh, DIY, DIY, or whatever it is there. And you know they always show these people flipping houses, and I and I and I, and I picture you, you know, buying this house dirt cheap, and then you fix it all up <laughs> that, yeah. that, so that's that's what you're, you're in there with a sledgehammer and <laughs> well i i what i would do is i would find something that 
I wanted to live in. Okay, okay. Not not those really bad-looking things that oh, they no, change. Oh, no, not like that, that pretty couple from Las Vegas who goes in and finds those dumps. And right. Them. No, I mean, I did, I did actually. I, I gutted the house that I'm currently in. Um, I gutted the whole lower level, which was about six rooms, and created my dream kitchen because I love to cook. Uh, but previously to that, I, I would take properties where I knew I could rent out part of it or, mm-hmm. you know, had guest house or a pool house or whatever. And, and just, just it's sort of the rainy day syndrome. I come from very pragmatic, very um, commonsensical parents that always said, you know, no matter what, just always make sure you can pay your mortgage. I bought my first house when I was 22. So wow. I, I've been on the real estate market for a long time. <laughs> and I, I think that it's important. And I think kids nowadays... Uh, you know, they they don't really have that joy of being able to own their own piece of land, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so difficult to get a loan nowadays, and it's so hard to get um, the equity together to to you know have a decent down payment and get you know the, the mortgage, the loan, everything. It's just it's a different ball game. I got in there when I, um when it was a it wasn't easy, but it was easier than it is now. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned about cooking. Uh, you you had you wrote a book too, right? I believe on cooking, and you were on a cooking show. I made a couple of cooking shows in the '90s that were, I think, quite frankly, a little bit ahead of their time. Um, they sort of they you know, it was fun. It was listen, it was it was a lot of uh, good times on my uh, terms and everything, and I, I enjoyed doing it. But it was something that I don't know how to sell a show. I mean, let's be realistic. I'm more of the creative person behind it. Um, so I did that, and then over the years, fans have always said, you know, well, what's your favorite recipe? So I've released some, uh, you know, little online cookbooks and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. now I'm working toward doing a cooking show that I'm really excited about, and that's one of the reasons why I built this uh, really incredible kitchen that I have right now, was to be able to film stuff, because I... That is one of my big passions. I always tell people I'm a, I, I love books and I love cooking, and that's that is true. I I find myself I'm I'm a big reader and I um I love cooking for people and it's uh it's just a expression of of it's just something I enjoy. It's a way to treat somebody to a home cooked meal is making them feel at home and making them feel the love that you want to give them. And I enjoy doing that for all, for many people. I always have. Ever since I was a kid, I've really loved cooking for people. Hmm. Well, I have to ask you, what is Claudia's specialty? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, if you asked my brother, uh, one of my brothers would say lamb shanks, and then the other brother would say, no, Thai fish soup. So <laughs> I, it, it all depends on the individual. Um, my mom loves when I cook simple dishes like, very French rustic country dishes for her. My brother loves when I cook Thai and Indian food. Um, and my other brother loves big hearty meat dishes because he lives in Colorado. So he loves that 
sort of warm, crackling fire, big, you know, mm-hmm. lamb shanks or a big brisket or, you know, so it just depends on the individual. I always, and then I have some friends who are lactose intolerant or, you know, no gluten, no this, no, you know, vegan. My sister-in-law is vegan, vegetarian, so I always ha- have to constantly come up with something that everybody can eat or at least that one person will will enjoy. I I think it's it's more of making it personalized. If you ask me what my favorite thing to cook is, I would say, oh gosh, um, I I love making a, a just a really perfect niçoise salad, like just with grilled ahi and just beautiful ingredients. And I love making salads. That's one of my favorite things to do. But I I have to say I made a key lime pie the other night with uh, blackberries and and whipped cream that was just really really tasty <laughs> I'm, I'm not normally a dessert maker but <laughs> i've been perfecting my my desserts wow that's great now as far as your acting how did you come about getting the part on babylon 5 was it a, a just an open call or were they looking for you or what happened i just there? went to an audition at noon and did did the reading at that point i had a feature film career that i thought was going to go you know, someplace positive, so I didn't really want to do a TV series, and this was a five-year commitment, and my agent basically said, oh, just go up for it, because it'll never last. It's a, it's not a Star Trek spinoff, so they have no chance of survival. <laughs> so I went, I went up for the show at noon, and they asked me to come back at three, and I went back, and next thing you know, I booked it. And wow. I asked my agent, I said, so what are we going to do? And she said, oh, just take it. It'll never last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and those were the famous last words. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience. Babylon Five was probably, I, I, not probably was, I think the the best job that I've had as an actress, simply because of the people that I met. Um, I have made everlasting friendships. Um, I still hang out with the people from Babylon Five. I, I don't know. It was a, a very special, special group of people, and and. I've worked on a lot of, I've done over 50 films and tons of games and lots of television work, and that was the one job that I felt like it was a family, and I know that sounds cliche, but um, but it was true, and I'm glad to have experienced that at least once in my acting career. Hmm. Now, you, you mentioned that you thought it might not last, or your 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 uh, agent, agent said, said that. Uh, when you first read the script, what did you think about it? I thought the writing was superb, and that's that's what. And I thought that the fact that the female character of Ivanova was was not some weak, you know, set dressing. That she was opinionated and strong and and funny and um, tough. I I thought, wow, this is this is really refreshing. She was she was basically, you know, what most men get to play. And I thought, wow, that's that's what I want to play. I mean, the guy, the cliche thing is the guys always get the great roles, but it, it's true in a way, especially in, in comedy and also in serious drama. You're either the girlfriend or the wife or the mourning, you know, individual who stays behind while the man goes to war. And here was a girl who was right smack in the middle of the action. Mm-hmm. So that was refreshing. Yeah. Now, on the show, uh, some action in there. Did you ever get hurt doing anything? 
No, I actually, uh, the only time I got hurt was when I went home from the set and I broke my foot in four places and then had to go back on the set and pretend it didn't happen. But they did write it, they wrote it into the series and um, we worked around it. Jerry Doyle injured himself twice in uh, action sequences on Babylon 5. I think everybody got hurt once in a while because sometimes the stuntmen, when you're in the heat of a scene, you know, no matter how many times you plan it, somebody's going to put a punch in the wrong place Mm -hmm. and occasionally hit you. But for me, I was very, very fortunate. I I didn't get injured very often. I did get stuck in a StarCraft when we were, um, a Star Fury, excuse me. That's a game that I'm doing called StarCraft. (laughs) Um, In a Star Fury when the uh, aftershocks of the Northridge earthquake hit our sets and um, I was stuck in the in the cockpit and everybody left and I was sort of swinging from this thing going wow this is how I'm going to die you know? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> everyone left me there so that wasn't a good feeling but we had some funny funny times now that I look back and it, it's funny at the time it wasn't right yeah yeah I'm sure Jeez. so so they just left well yeah because it, they thought you know we had just had the giant Northridge um, earthquake and and when this other thing hit, they thought it was another earthquake. It, they didn't realize it was an after, a really big aftershock. So everybody ran off the set, but I was strapped in. So I was um, sort of. <laughs> hey, Claudia's still up here. <laughs> yeah, and eventually one of the one of my favorite people in the world, Kurt De Phillips, my prop master, came back in sheepishly and said. Oh, hey, Claude. Sorry we left you in here. <laughs> He's unbuckling my thing, and I'm swearing like a sailor, saying, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you know, I couldn't get out myself, so I just thought, I'm going to die here. But uh, it was funny. In retrospect, it's funny, yeah. of course, because I'm alive and I can tell the story. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So is that the most unusual thing that happened on the set, or is there anything else that you can remember? Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I, I mean, for me, yes, that was probably one of the most unusual things. There were... Obviously, if you're going to have a situation where there are aliens and humans and the aliens come in at 3 o'clock in the morning and get their special effects makeup put on, what kind of mindset does that put them in for the rest of the day and how long are they working and and how many different kinds of species do you have? I mean, it's not a realistic environment in the first place. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to have funny things that happen and, and of course, you're going to have, you know, memories of, Stuff that's surreal. Bruce Boxleitner and I used to look at each other as we're shooting our little fake PPGs. We'd look at each other and say, are we, are we actually being paid to pretend to shoot, you know, little plastic alien guns? I mean, what, what are we doing? You know, you have these surreal moments of saying, what the heck am I doing? I'm, <laughs> I'm making a living by play acting like cowboys and Indians, only this is, you know, cowboys and aliens. And um, it was, you know, at times you had to sort of shake yourself and say, wow, this is my job. Yeah. I show up, I put a uniform on. I'm not a military person. I don't deserve to wear a military uniform, but I'm putting one on and pretending to be this individual who is uh, uh, in the future and battling mm-hmm. all sorts of things every every episode. So it it was, you know, you, you can't take it too seriously, put it that way. Right. As long you as the to, check clears, to, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure that check clears. <laughs> yeah, well, that yes, exactly. But uh, I think at the end of the day, it's it's also the suspension of 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 you know disbelief or belief, depending on what your school of thought is. Right. <laughs> is a matter of just saying, well, I'm going to forget about everything right now and just go with it. And then I think that's why people like getting back to providing someone with a re- release 
and a escape. Is that that's what soap operas and dramas and rom coms and sci fi and all this stuff does for people. It mm-hmm. provides them with an opportunity to just imagine a different world. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a big Game of Thrones geek, so when I watch the show I'm I'm there for whatever, 48 minutes, you Mm -hmm. know, or 52 minutes, however long it is on HBO. Um, And it, you know, it it, it makes me forget about everything else. And I don't, I don't normally use television or film for that. uh, But for some reason, that particular series spoke to me because it was so far-fetched that I got to just forget about things. Yeah, draws you right in. And Yeah, I think with Babylon 5, a lot of people really identified with the, the, fallibility of the characters they really identified with the fact that none of us were per- perfect we all made big mistakes um we were we embraced uh discussions such as racism and sexism and addiction and things way before other people did this was in the early 90s so it's you know i, I think that we we tackled some pretty big issues in a very non-lecturing way, but in a very smart way. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Straczynski is a wonderful writer, and um, he really created characters that resonated with humans. You know, even now I, I get little kids that say, "My my my father or my mother or my grandfather, whatever, watched Babylon Five. Now it's grandfather." You know, <laughs> um, but it's but it's true. And they you know, little kids will come up and say, "Wow, I love the show." I'm thinking, "Wow, if it wasn't for DVDs, right?" You know. Right? I mean, that creates an entire new generation of fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're all going to get a chance to see you on July 31st uh, through August 2nd at Galacticon 4 in Seattle, Washington. So if anybody is in that area or going to be traveling, they get a chance to meet you. Well, that would be wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Claudia, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Yes, sir. Taking us away from your cooking, your writing, your singing, your acting, and everything else that you've done, when you sit back and relax, and you've sort of mentioned this already, but it, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, gosh. Um, Game of Thrones, of course. <laughs> well, uh, I've said this many times. We, we were raised without uh, television or film, uh, so for me it was all books. Um, but I I did used to sneak Little House in the Prairie, believe it or not. Yes. (laughs) Every Monday night, my mom would sneak me into uh, one of the bedrooms where my father couldn't see that I was actually watching television because we were not allowed to watch TV. So 8 o'clock Monday night, I was there with Half Pint, who ended up marrying Bruce Boxleitner and Babylon 5, which is (laughs) such a small world. Um, So that was my my childhood Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, And I was in love with Michael Landon, of course, because of that. And then as an adult, I, I once again, I, I really never, I worked in television, but I didn't really watch it um, until recently. Um, I loved The Sopranos. I, I thought Breaking Bad was probably the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I, that series was like crack. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, I binged, you know, I was one of those people that binged watched, I mean, four o'clock in the morning watching the next episode when I discovered Breaking Bad, I could not stop watching it. Mm-hmm. I thought the acting was brilliant. The writing was brilliant. Uh, Vince Gilligan is a genius. Um, and, and then Game of Thrones. So it's not very much. It's a yeah. very small little handful of things that I've actually gotten into. Yeah. Um, so what about movies? 
gosh. Um, <laughs> I like big, epic, big, you know, lots of horses. <laughs> I, I like the Exodus, Braveheart, you know, yep. that those big, the big epic, epic ones. journeys. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 you know, the more um, broad landscape, the better, the more hero <laughs> journey. That whole, it's... It's it's extremely um, redundant for me, but yeah, if if you got a guy on a mission, <laughs> you know, with with a woman, strong woman behind him, yeah, I'm gonna like that film. Um, I don't I, because I was um, not really exposed to a lot of films as a kid. Once again, when I finally saw The Maltese Falcon or something, I thought Humphrey Bogart was a contemporary of mine, so I would write to him. <laughs> and ask for his autograph. My parents had to break the news that no, he was dead. Okay, great. No, seriously, I, I, I didn't, I didn't differentiate between black and white films and colored, you know, films because I had never seen any films. Mm-hmm. We, yep. You know, we were given a stack of books every year. So, um, my my entire sort of education about television was sixty minutes and Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I like. I think big escapism. I trying to get into the whenever I fly to England, I have time to watch the Harry Potter films and the and the um, you know various other sort of institutions of genre because I'd like to Lord of the Rings. You know, I want to I want to keep up with the fans, but um, nothing's really touched me. That you know, uh, nothing's really grabbed my attention thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Claudia, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your your memories with us and everything. And uh, like I said, everybody should be out in Seattle, Washington on July 31st through August 2nd for Galacticon 4. Catch you there and a whole lot of other great people to uh, talk with and get autographs and everything else. That would be awesome, but I do have to ask you one question. Sure. What is your favorite film of all time? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Turning the tables on me. See? It's not easy, is it? No, it's not. (laughs) There's there's so many movies, but... Do you see? uh, I mean, I like the the, uh, Indiana Jones and the Star Wars and all those, but... But a movies that aren't the the big blockbusters, probably one of the best that I enjoyed was a Jim Carrey film, and uh, all of a sudden my mind is blank. I can't remember the name. <laughs> was it uh, Liar Liar? Or, or no, no, it's not one of his corny ones. Uh, oh. It was one <laughs> he played a screenwriter, and um, oh boy, he played a screenwriter who uh, got in a car accident. And Martin Landau was in the film. Oh. Uh, oh, what's the name of that movie? See how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know that people are sitting there going, "I know the name." I know they're they they they're all saying uh, okay, it. Okay, so it's uh, gosh, um, no. Boy, I'm going to be doing some editing. <laughs> it's not, it's not, yeah, you're going to have to edit that one. What's the name of that? No. Uh, nope. It was. Uh, yeah, he. It was Let's during see. the McCarthy I'm gonna era. Up. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up his whole list. You can edit, <laughs> edit this out, okay? Because we're gonna find it right now. Once bitten, Deadpool, Earth Girls are easy. Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Cable Guy, Liar Liar, Truman Show. Nope. Man in the Moon. Nope. Me, myself, and Irene. Nope. 
how the Grinch, no, the Majestic. The Majestic. There we go. Majestic. The Majestic. Okay, 2001, <laughs> uh, produced and directed by Frank Darabont, starring, yes, Jim Carrey and Martin Landau. And, and Frank Darabont, of course, does Walking Dead. Which oh, is very okay, popular. Okay. So, okay. but but this was this movie was nothing like the Walking it Dead. It was a box office bomb. Quote, yes, it unquote, was according to Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, that's. <laughs> but, but apparently, you liked it. Yep. So. It was one of those movies that was when somebody goes out of their normal box. Yeah. And it, and it it was a serious role for him, and it was just something that that was good. I I, I liked it, and uh, I happen to like comedians when they. It's funny because you said uh, corny, but I find that a lot of comedians become sentimental when they become serious. Like when they, Robin Williams, God rest his soul, I thought was one of the most brilliant people in the world. But when he would play serious, it could verge on sentimental. Mm-hmm. And Martin Landau is, a, is, a, is guilty of that hugely. He yes. plays sentimental to the point where it's corny. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it's a very fine line between somebody who is caustic, and has you know really relied on comedy to then suddenly be emotionally there and and going through something that you can identify with without you constantly thinking oh that's Jim Belushi or that's you know yeah yeah and, and it's that heart that is sometimes very hard for a comedian to show. Yeah. Because they're so used to being, hey, I'm, inter- I'm going to entertain you. I'm the entertainer. You know, I'm going to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. That it's very hard for them to strip it down to a place where you can identify with them and you can actually say, oh, wow, that moved me. Yeah, it's just like you musicians. Know? Do you? I don't know if you know a lot about music, but if you remember Alice Cooper, do you yeah. remember, remember him? He used to, you know, all of his music was rock and hard and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he came out with Only Women Bleed. It was a huge hit for him. Yeah. And, you know, so when somebody steps out like that, a lot of times those are the things I'm, I'm attracted to because they're, they're doing something out of the ordinary for themselves. And Look at Kiss when they wrote Beth. Beth, I mean, there you go, same <laughs> you thing. Know, I mean, here's this, you know, rock band doing this sweet, you know, Exactly. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it was a beautiful song. From rock and roll all night and, and shout it out loud to Beth. It was like, mm-hmm. what are exactly. they doing? And it's, hey, this is good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, Claudia, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. It's been fun talking with you, and I hope you have a good time in Seattle. Thank you so much. A big thank you going out to Claudia Christian for joining us here on Screen and Beyond. And uh, a lot of fun talking with her. Had a good time. For the life of me, I could not think of that movie, The Majestic with Jim Carrey. Uh, (laughs) I I enjoy the movie a lot. And I just went blank when she threw that back at me. So so I know how they feel. All right, let's see here. we got a lot of people joining us soon here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you're going to keep listening. If you are on Facebook, we would uh, appreciate it if you liked us. If you're on iTunes, if you would leave us a review, that would be good too, so more people can hear about On Screen and Beyond, sort of puts us up in the rankings and everything. Even though we are one of the highest number of celebrity interviews that uh, that is not a you know run by a company or something like that, uh, we still want more people to listen to On Screen and Beyond. So uh, if you would help us out with that, tell a friend, tell you know uh, somebody on uh, a review at uh, iTunes, and 
just uh, spread the word for On Screen and Beyond. We appreciate that. If you would like to converse with me, talk or email me, send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and uh, I will get back to you. Also, don't forget, time is running out. Little House on the Prairie, DVD, Season 6, Deluxe Remastered Edition. We're giving three of them away. All you got to do, very simple, just send me an email. Just, you know, just send an email. Uh, just put in there, you know, I want to enter the contest, whatever, and send it to me. And you have to get it in before noon Easter time on Monday, July 13th to enter the contest. And then we will email you back, get all your information of where to send the DVD. It's actually not going to come from me. It's going to come direct from the studios, so uh, they'll send it out to you. And uh, that's it. Simple as that. So uh, just send me an email, and you got to do it quick, though. Like I said, it ends on Monday, July 13th, 2015. So if you are listening to this uh, three, four years from now, you missed it, all right? <laughs> okay. That's it. Uh, we got all kinds of uh, people coming your way, like I said, so I hope you're going to join us for those coming up in the next few weeks. And then uh, we're getting closer to the time when I take my two weeks off. We do 50 shows a year, so that's coming up very quickly. And uh, then in September, we, of course, start back up with the new season, and it's going to be season nine. Can you believe it? And uh, I was looking at this is 372 episodes of On Screen and Beyond. We're coming up on our 400th, not too far away, so uh, that's, a, that's a lot of people we've interviewed, a lot of fascinating people, and if you have had, haven't had a chance, go back and listen to those. There's just so many out there, whether it's music, TV, or movies, they're there, and I uh, hope you'll enjoy them. So that's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.